And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cape And today we're going to be talking about the 19th episode of the second season of Supernatural titled Folsom Prison Blues. Jamie, what did you think? I never would have been out of pick. It was about a prison based on the title. <laughs> never. Never, ever, ever, Yeah, ever. look, that one was a bit of a giveaway, but uh, yeah. I can't exactly... I mean, it's a thing now. I ask you what you think based on the titles. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes it'll be obvious. I can't, That's not my fault. They should have named them better. Every episode is just titled The Benders. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like that thing they did in Friends where it's like, this is the one with like yeah. XYZ. Yeah, the one with the prison would have also been a bit yeah. of a dead giveaway. I see. I can't even complain because I'm going to make you watch Leverage after this. Mm. And Leverage does almost the exact same thing, but it's like the blank job. Oh my goodness. So many things about Leverage and Supernatural seem to cross over. I've... You were logged a gift set the other day yeah. from Supernatural. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I recognize that actor. Way um, better hair than Sam. And he does actually, in fact, tie his hair back for practicality reasons, which Sam has not yet done in almost two whole seasons. <laughs> yeah, look. Like, I'm bringing that up. We're coming I, back to Again, circle. I I honestly think there's like, a cu- there's like a handful of times across 15 years where Sam's hair is like appropriately restrained. <laughs> uh, and I don't think any of it is before season 10. So... <laughs> You're, you're going to be waiting I will a while. give him this, though. His hair has improved since the pilot. Significantly. Oh, my God. Just the pilot wait. hair was just so bad. I was like, please, I cannot wait until you see his sideburns. They're horrible. I hate them. They're so bad. They Like, they become mutton chops. It's not good. <laughs> it's just, like, at this point, he has, like, reasonably good hair. Yeah. But there's a, like, like it's, yeah. I think it's, like, season seven? Sarah Gamble letting me down. Sarah Gamble letting Jared's facial hair do some things it shouldn't. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, it it may have been season eight, but either way. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of unrealistic safety concerns. Yeah. Right. Sam's hair being a safety risk. Yeah. No one in this episode, any of the builders, are wearing high vis. In this dank, dark prison cell, (laughs) using welding like equipment, none of them are wearing high vis. I'm like, bro, do you want to die? Beth. Jamie. You're not meant to have safety PSAs about workplace or health and safety. What? That's my job. <laughs> Fuck, I'm sorry. You've cl- clearly your PSAs are getting through to someone. Even if it's no one actually listening. Even if it's just me. <laughs> Only you. Only me. Look, that is the lens through which I viewed most of the series of Supernatural so far. <laughs> I look at an episode and I think, hmm, what occupational health and safety codes are they <laughs> violating? Literally all of them. I wonder if you went through a, like a handbook, if you could just tick them off one by one. Like you're playing, like bird watching. You're just like, oh, there we go. Not wearing high vis in a high risk area. Perfect. Cross that one off the list. Next up, unrestrained wires. We could literally spend an entire podcast episode just talking about our health and safety, but we shouldn't because special bonus episode. <laughs> Send us a message if you want a special our health and safety. <laughs> we'll just go through every time we've ever noticed that they didn't follow our health and safety regulations. Oh, I'm sure we are a riveting podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but on that sort of same vein, not occult and safety, but within that scene, whether in the cell, I just I want to point out, I feel like the creep factor of this episode was like turned up to the max. Like just the way that like these people kept being like trapped in cells and like having to like listen to the screams of the people around them dying and like knowing something was up, but not being able to 
go and see and like if something came into them they would be trapped and like like you had the the papers flying off the table and like the cold chills and like all these things let's I, talk about the cold chill for a minute okay the steaming breath special effect i fucking hate it i oh. hate it so goddamn much <laughs> that one's gonna stick around so i'm sorry to hear oh, that <laughs> i don't want it to i have pointed out a lot of the special effects in this show that i think are bad yes I think that one's one of the most annoyingly bad special effects I have. Because it's like so close to being okay, but then it just veers. It's an okay effect, but the edges on it are just so harsh. It looks like they just like... Like a little cloud. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But I do think like, regardless of whether or not the effect, like the actual application is effective, I think the concept is good. Yeah. Because it is a really good, clear way to explain... In a very short amount of time with no, like, So really convenient visual cue for, it is now cold here. Yeah, you can tell what they're going for. And I I do think it's an effective concept, regardless of if the execution is lacking. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I just thought it was just this episode in particular. And, like, uh, lots of, obviously, because they're in a prison, lots of bars and, like, that kind of imagery and the shadows, you know, are cast from various light sources. I just thought it was just really effective. It felt very yeah creepy to me Mm. you know i don't know if that was just me but (laughs) that's that's how it felt watching it especially uh, supernatural a lot of the time is not that creepy i feel some like it can with notable exceptions with notable exceptions but i feel like a lot of it can sometimes just be like they go to more of the horror horror shock sort of jump scary rather than like and they do have like tension building obviously i think for me personally, that I usually find it that I get more of like a shock value rather than a creep factor. Although it's kind of hard, I guess, watching a lot of these episodes really close together. Maybe it's all just blurring into one for me. So I don't know. If you think otherwise, let me know. We can chat about it. But I just felt this episode in particular was very creepy. Um, while we're on special effects, though, tangentially, yeah, the vein effect was actually pretty good, though. Oh, yeah, when yeah. Um, the ghost nurse, nurse is giving them the heart attacks. Yes. Glockner? Is that, is Glockner, that the name? Glockner, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Glockner was her name. But, like, with a name like that, no wonder she was fucking murdering people. <laughs> it's one of those things, Rich. It's like, if you name a child that, what do you fucking expect? <laughs> it's like naming someone Murder McMurderson and then being like, hmm. Though I will say, though, I spotted a notable character in this episode. Did you? Yeah, it was the first appearance of the party CD wig on the nurse. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, yep. I hate that you're right, and I also hate that I didn't notice it. I like, noticed it in the very it. first shot that we see it in because oh, we saw. I have to look up a picture. Yeah, you have like the shot from the where I spotted it, which you have. It's the very first time you see the nurse, and it's very obvious they're still trying to play it off as maybe it is this serial killer that was in here. Though technically, she was a serial killer that was in there. And it's a shot from behind, and you just see, like, the frizzy, like, outline of the white wig. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Party City wig. Am I wrong? The Party City wig was worse. I need to absorb that for a second. Yeah, take a sec to absorb that. Take as much time as you need to absorb that reality. The Party City wig was worse than this. Yeah. This is quite effective, actually. Yeah. The Party See, the City wig was laughable. looks too much like the Party City wig. Yeah, you're correct. For, but this but is the correct usage. usage of the party city wig. <laughs> Look, 
I didn't say in this circumstance the party city wig was a bad choice. I'm saying it's the first appearance <laughs> of the party city wig. I can't believe we didn't know that they party city wig the, was a reoccurring character. They just reused the same. <laughs> like they cut a little shorter. They reused it. It was fine. Oh sweet Jesus! Okay, speaking of noticeable characters, mm. Henriksen yes. appears in this episode. I was correct. You were correct. I predicted that. And he was there. I, and that was one of my less likely to come true predictions as well. Yeah, like so it you wasn't a, You weren't certain about it. No. Yeah, it was one that, like, you could kind of guess, but it was a bit of a, like, a... It was a leap. Yeah. It was a jump. It wasn't, like... You were, like, hopeful, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, like, predicting that an episode about Shadow is going to have a Shadow Demon in it. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's not like a, well, that's literally in the fucking title. Like, yeah. It, it was like, oh, I think this might be a detail that they're going to, like... Sprinkle in. Shove in that hole. That's a way to put it, yeah. <laughs> no, I love Henriksen. I'm so glad that we get him back. I think that poor man is going to lose his fucking mind. It's so funny how they just managed to... <sighs> Sam and Dean have this effect on people. I was going to talk about this, please, too. Please because go. I have seen posts on the tumblers yeah. circulating basically that, like... There are a whole, like, slew of secondary characters where the Winchesters will just be like, do this, please, and they just do it. Yeah. And then, like, the bad guys are always trying to be like, oh, well, you, like, they're never going to pay you back, like, da-da-da-da. But all these secondary characters, like, the Winchesters say jump, and they say how fucking high. Yeah. Like, I've seen this post circulating. I think I actually reblogged it on our like, or either that or it's on our queue somewhere. And this is, like... I'm like, oh, this is exactly what they're talking about. Like, he literally <laughs> asked the public defender. Quick note on that, by the way. I love Mara. I think she's a great character. We don't see her very much, but shes I think she's very solid, solidly portrayed. Wait, so she comes back? No, I'm just talking um, about literally this episode. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't mean to raise your hopes. But I i think she's a great character. I think you she's made very me fun. believe that Supernatural was a slightly better show <laughs> for like 30 seconds. I'm so sorry. But, like, and she's clearly very good at her job. Yeah. Like, the way that she comes to Henriksen and she presents this case of, like, I don't, I genuinely don't think it these guys. It doesn't What the? F- you cannot be accusing them of all these things. It just doesn't make sense. She's like, I've spoken to these witnesses. They're swearing black and blue that these guys saved their lives. Mm. And he's like, okay, well, then make it make sense. She's like, I, pff, I can't. And I just like, know that it doesn't make sense, so maybe you should dig into it a little more. Yeah, and then he, like, completely dismisses her, which is like, boo, Henriksen, I love boo. you, but, like... <laughs> No. And then and no one liked that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but then at the end, she like comes through. She obviously gets some yeah. information, which is amazing. And then she also lies to Henriksen about the cemetery. And she tells them the wrong cemetery. And I'm like, Mara, yes, come through with the goods. But yeah, so I was like, oh, is this like one of the first documented cases of like Dean Winchester going jump and like just a random person who doesn't even fucking know him going how high? Yeah, quite literally, like quite genuinely. I mean... We've seen through their, like, Monster of the Week cases yeah. leading up to this that, you know, they have civilians, and but the civilian is, like, very quickly introduced to the concept of the supernatural. Yes. And then... That's they, why they're helping them, because otherwise that, they're in danger. Like, yeah, and that makes sense, because they are in a scenario where they're like, this seems bizarre. Why yeah. was it, like, Sarah from Providence is probably a yes. good example. Yes, exactly. She helps the brothers, but then she finds out relatively quickly... What is, like, she gets the full picture, and then she's willing to help him. Whereas Mara gets nothing. Yeah. Mara gets jack shit. He goes, yeah, no, nah, it's all chill. You don't have to worry about our actual case. Yeah. Can you just look into a dead nurse for me? 
Yeah, and it's, it's very similar to The Usual Suspects, where um, they had the, again, I think the public defender come yeah. in. But that public defender was less, like, oh, I'm going to help them. Yeah. And more just genuinely kind Confused. of incompetent. Like, and not great is <laughs> his job. He, well, the reason I bring him up was because of the scene where he's trying to explain to Dean, like, I don't think you understand the gravity of the situation. And Dean's like, humor me. If you really want to help me, take this to, to Sam. Yeah. And so, like, he's like, well, okay, and he takes it to Sam. Yeah. And this is along the same vein. It's just a little bit more, like, he's asking a bit more from her. Yeah. And he's not giving her any... He's basically just saying... He says in the episode, actually, look at me and tell me yeah. that you think I'm guilty. Yeah. And I was I was watching that, and I was like, man, I would be terrible. I really struggle to tell when people are lying to me. Yeah. Because I have, like, a gut instinct. But then I, like, immediately second-guess myself so yeah. badly. I'm like, no, maybe they're doing that on purpose. Wait, no, maybe they're doing that on purpose so that you think that they're doing that on purpose so that you... And it just, like, it just bounces back in my head and I confuse myself and then I'm like a stud mullet and I can't do shit. And I'm just like, uh... And then... So you would suck at two truths and a lie? I'm really bad. Yeah, I can't read people very well. <laughs> It's a, it's a real detriment in just general conversation, especially if I don't know people very well, because I misread situations and it's See, I love two truths and a lie, not because I'm good at telling when people are lying, but because I've had some batshit crazy stuff <laughs> happen to me, and it's really fun to watch people's faces. Try and figure out which Try one. Try and figure yeah. out which batshit insane thing is the lie, because they're all... Batshit insane. Yeah. yeah. But no. of course, it's two truths and a lie. It's not like they're all lies. Like... Yeah, exactly. You just got to pepper pepper one in there. Yeah. But yes, no, so I, I really like Mara. I really like... Maybe I just like lying to people. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> Jamie discovers things about herself on the Supernatural <laughs> podcast. Oh, no. Um, Promised myself it wouldn't happen. <laughs> are you finished with that point about Mara? I, I or think are you... so, yeah. I just wanted to, like, I just really liked her. And I think it was a really good example of what you were saying before of them sort of managing to convince people to just do stuff based on, like, no evidence and no information <laughs> other than like look at me tell me i'm guilty can you do this for me like yeah. there is no reason for her to do like also you don't typically get a public defender unless you request one yeah i think like one of the other things about this episode that i noted down and i mean to be fair this isn't about the episode per se this is just kind of a generalized statement the prison system is fucking not good and i will say i didn't love the reveal of Deacon as the, the guard. Yeah, the guard. I don't know, just something about, like... One of the interesting things about this episode, and I don't know if you remember, but I think, like, back in season one, we were talking about a cop in an episode, and I was saying... We were talking about, I think, Dean mentioning something along the lines of, oh, in um, uh, The Benders, I think it was, and we were talking about Dean sort of saying, oh, she's not bad for a cop, or something yeah. along those lines. And I think we had actually that again in The Usual Suspects, something very similar, uh, happen. And I mentioned to you that there was, like, an interesting conversation that happens between Sam and Dean in, like, a later episode. This is the episode I was talking about. And it's actually the points where between Sam and Dean, there's a very interesting difference of opinion. Dean's talking about these people that the ghost is killing, and he says, four innocent people are dead, and Sam goes, innocent? And Dean goes, what are you, from Texas all of a sudden? Just yeah. because these people are in prison doesn't mean they deserve to die. And it's a really interesting, like, point that they're making because, yeah, Dean is right. Like, yeah. just because these people are in this situation System doesn't mean doesn't mean that they deserve to be mur- like what? And like, it's it's bizarre. Like, the prison system isn't great. Let's put that out on the table right now. Yeah. But also, 
there is a reason that we have a prison system in place and not just a, oh, we found them guilty, so we're going to murder them now. That we were like, oh, well, we can't just, like, hang these fucking people because they were guilty of a crime once. Where, like, let's face it, the system does not work, it is broken, but we still developed a system where we were like, we need to be able to... Not just kill everyone. Not just kill everyone who yeah. commits a crime once. And and the prison system is not great. I will say it again. I'm not in support of the prison system. I think the incarceration rates, both here in Australia and around the world, are insane. Particularly for minority groups, it is even worse again. And also that a lot of things that are criminalised should not be criminalised because they are only criminalised to target minority groups to put them in prison. Yeah. And I also think the whole prison industrial complex is batshit bananas crazy how the fuck did we let that happen this is another thing we could do like a literal hour just talking about but sort of piggybacking off of that like i think another thing that's like interesting they don't really mention through the episode is we don't know why any of the people who are in the prison are in the prison but also it's not like it's not like supermax like yeah they could be there for like fucking petty theft theft. yeah or like the most minor charges And so I think it's really interesting, and I'm not saying that any charge warrants the death penalty, that's not my point at all, but it's just, I find it interesting that Sam has this very different, like, it's funny because, and he makes this point later in the episode as well with Dean, he says, don't you think, does it, doesn't it worry you how easily you fit in here? And Dean's like, no, not really. And I think it's funny because I feel like maybe Dean recognises that they are more like the prisoners yeah. than they are like just general civilians. And yeah. I don't think Sam has that same conceptualization. I think yeah. he sees like them as very different to criminals, but it's like, Sam, you are the number of times you've spoken about credit card fraud, yeah. which comes back to bite them in this episode as well. Cause one of the things they get read out for charges is credit card fraud. Yeah. And I was like, see, you shouldn't have been fucking yelling about that in the car park. Yeah. You know? And so I think it's this very interesting sort of duality of, like, Sam being, like, it's kind of like he's distancing them and their crimes from the rest of the, like, population of the prison. And it's like, Sam, cool motive still matter, you know? Like, Like, what's the difference between you doing credit card fraud to finance you killing monsters Mm -hmm. and, I don't know, someone stealing some food for their family? It's just very interesting to me and, like, I appreciate that they sort of highlighted that conversation because mm. I think it is very interesting and it sets up this very fascinating difference between Sam's like opinions and beliefs on what mm. they do and why they do it and Dean's yeah, and how they sometimes don't add up. And they, how they don't align. Yeah. But no, getting back to the original point, I was yeah, sorry, trying I to I just make, completely derailed that. Yeah, I didn't like the reveal of Deacon as the guard because... They're trying to talk about this character as if he's a great guy. Like, the entire episode, like, oh, he saved Dad, like, we owe him, blah, 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 blah. None of the prisoners were surprised when he was physically violent towards Dean. Yeah. So what does that say about him as a character, that none of the prisoners were surprised when he used physical violence against a prisoner? I thought that too. And I think the other thing that's super telling is, like, obviously through the episode they talk about how all these people who are dying from heart attacks were not. They, dying like, from maybe they had a heart attack, but it's because they were beaten half to death first. Or because the nurse took it upon herself to, to give them a heart, a heart attack. Yes. And I think the other thing that is really telling is when they are organizing their escape and the other guard 
and Deacon mm. take them into that room. And Deacon just says to the other guard, leave us alone. I want to handle this myself. And the other guard doesn't even bat a fucking eye. He's like, oh yeah, whatever. Off he hops. Like, that's not unusual. And it's kind of like, yeah, it, it brings into question. Because you're right, the episode frames him as this, like... Sort he's of just fun trying uncle to help, kind of thing. Yeah, he's just trying to help people. Like he he do, he doesn't want people in his prison dying. It's like, but there's obviously a problem with brutality <laughs> in your prison. Yeah, clearly, and it's this yeah this very strange framing. And I think another part of it is like, oh well, he's a friend of John's. It's another one of those things that Supernaturals does a lot, which is like, if you think about it for more than ten seconds. Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot more in the subtlety of these decisions yeah. between writing, direction, acting, and than appears just on very casual viewing. Yeah, because if you just look at this episode at a glance, I think it did a decent enough job showing the other prisoners as just people. And yeah, especially managing, and managing to frame them as... Not necessarily the worst people in the world because they're in prison. They're just people. They're just people. But then you look at it a little longer and it's like, but you're also framing Deacon, who I would assume has been violent towards prisoners before based on the reactions to him being violent towards specifically Sam and Dean. And okay, it's a little different with Sam and Dean because they basically signed up for it. Like, it's part of the cover story. But also... None of them are surprised when he's violent towards them. Yeah, and it's not just Deacon either. It's Deacon and the other guards. Mm. So it's like, okay, this is clearly the culture. Yes. You know, and I... And you're still trying to frame Deacon as the good guy. Yeah. Because he got Sam and Dean in to investigate the ghost so that prisoners wouldn't keep dying. And it's like, okay, dying is worse than getting beaten. But also, like, no one should be getting beaten... The whole point of the prison system is that the prison is the punishment. The lack of freedom is the punishment. It's not the lack of freedom and the daily fucking beatings. Holy fucking crap. Additionally, worth remembering, Deacon didn't get them in because prisoners were dying. He got them because At the start of the episode, a guard died. What gets me, though, let's... Jump to another topic because I think we're getting way too serious. Now. Yeah, again, this we could talk about this, this for fa- forty minutes by itself, and I think we have done enough. <laughs> enough, we've covered enough. If you want more of our opinions, you so, can get us a message. Up yeah, on any of the social me- media platforms we frequent. What is telling? Well, what I think is really maybe not telling, but really funny about the nurse, the ghost nurse. Yeah, who with a party city wig. Yeah, with a party city wig. <laughs> <laughs> What I think is really funny about her as a character and as a ghost is she's murdering people who commit crimes Mm -hmm. and she murders the guard for killing a prisoner, essentially. Yeah. Because that's that's why she murders the guard, because the guard is brutal and has had a hand in prisoners dying. I I don't know if that is exactly the implication. I think all that we know about the guard is what Dean heard in the yard, which was that he was kind of dodgy. I don't think... Like, and it, that could mean anything. Yeah. It could mean that he was helping sneak in contraband. Like, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that he killed someone. Yeah. Yeah, but, but... But in the nurse's mind, whatever that guard did was worth him dying. Yeah. But she was murdering people. Yeah. Like, I... straight up. She was... Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the prisoners deserve to die for, you know, like, theft. They deserve to die for that. But she can murder a whole bunch of people, and it's it's fine. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like... In Faith, 
the preacher's wife just deciding that she had the the moral superiority yeah to decide that these people deserve, deserve to, to die, die based on her opinion yeah. and her beliefs mm. yeah and it's just this ridiculous like how can you convince yourself of this how can you convince yourself but it's even oh, worse when i do when i do the murder it's different but I think that's Sam's thing again. Like, it's even um, worse than Faith, though, because at least in Faith, like, she could kind of justify it to herself as, like, oh, well, I'm not killing these people. I'm saving these people. Yeah. And I'm just, I have to kill them. But, like, the people that I'm saving are more worthy. To, yeah, and that was live. her, like, and justification for herself. Could be her justification for herself. But, like, this nurse is just straight up murdering people. Like, she's yeah. not helping. Like, maybe she thinks she's helping society at large by murdering these people, but also, like, she's just straight up murdering. Like, yeah. she's not transferring so that, like, another person can will, live. Like, she's just straight up murdering these comrades. Like, these yeah. comrades, these um, inmates. inmates. It's one of those things. And, like I said with before, with, like, Sam and Dean and their sort of different opinions regarding the whole situation, I think that it's really interesting that. Dean fits right in again and I I want to bring this up because we talked about it last episode with Abigail in Hollywood Babylon he just immediately fits straight in yeah. as a PA and he doesn't it's not the same obviously in this scenario but it's no. also not too dissimilar like it's still a group environment and he finds his spot in it pretty immediately mm. he he finds the Dean just wants a family whether that's a fucking film crew or his brother and his father or like a prison yard. He just yeah. wants... And he he thrives when he's around people. Like, that's... As much as we joke about him being shit at talking to people... Yeah. If he is given an environment... Like, if he's given a community... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can find a place within the community. That's what I was just going to say. It's, it's definitely, like... He can find his place in any group of people. He just... Whether that is, like, a leader or as a like funny man or mm. as a like assistant like assist like whatever it is he will find where he fits and then he thrives mm. he just needs to be given that ample opportunity and enough time and we'll see this again in future episodes as well but and now we've reached our daily john rant because let's face it john deprived him of all of that yeah he took this person who needs a community to thrive and isolated, isolated him. him to no end because yeah. he isolated him from normal people he isolated him from sam and he isolated him from the entire hunting fucking community yeah like this boy has no support systems and that's all he ne- he just needs support systems yeah. and he can thrive in any context yeah. as well and i think that it's important here to mention we get dean and food again which is again from last Food episode, insecurity is exactly. coming back again, and we he get can it. eat literally anything he just needs to. And he's like, "It's not that bad." And it's like, "That's because you know that you're gonna get food." Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's the constant, and it's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The Reoccurring. Kind of the assurance. Yeah, it's the assurance that it doesn't matter if it's not a five star meal. It's going to be hot and I'm going to eat it. And then there's Sam, who by contrast, he's like, this is disgusting. You can have mine. And Dean's like, all right, I'll fucking have yours then. Yeah. Because of course I'm going to. But again, 27-year-old Jensen made a mistake. Yeah. Because um, you can't tell me that that fake, like, well, not fake food, but like the 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 food that they use in the yeah. scene was any good. 
No, no. And actually, while we're talking about the sort of cafeteria scenes, I wanted to just bring up the fat phobia in this episode. Yeah. Because the fact that that was the angle they went for was like, mm, all right. And then they have set, uh, Dean Renegger anyway when he's sitting in the cell. Uh, like, yeah, I appreciate that he at least apologized and was like, hey, like, I don't, like, I didn't mean any of that, but I, I don't expect you to understand this, but I had to get a rise out of you. Yeah. And, like, this was just a cheap shot. Yeah. And, like, I appreciate that they had him acknowledge that. And especially in this episode when we're talking about how the people who are in the prison are still people. Yeah. And still, you know, deserve basic human, human decency. Yeah. You know, like... And I do appreciate that we then got to hear Tiny be like, you know what? Like, you're right, though. Like, I do have some, you know... Self-esteem self-esteem issues. Self-esteem issues. And I think Dean was kind of like, oh. I, like, didn't expect Especially that admission. because he tried to do the whole prison bonding thing yeah. earlier in the episode with the other inmate who got put in um, solitary with yeah. him. Does not work, even slightly. And I think it's really funny that, like, the way that he tried to bond initially was, like, through the, like, references to, like, the, like, prison movies yeah. and stuff and, like, oh, haha, and, like, gets completely shut down. But as soon as the bonding is actually on a, like, genuine emotional level, mm. it works. And it's, it's like, you know, it's really funny. You look at the way that he presents himself as this, like, machismo person mm. and it just, it doesn't, doesn't work. But no. then he, like, is actually, like, a genuine human being genuine for two way, seconds. Like, allows it and to be a, friend. a little bit vulnerable. And, like, that is where the bonding happens. And it's so interesting, I think, for the character. And then, of course, Tiny does die, which is very upsetting. Um, because... I like Tiny. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about plot convenience striking again. Okay. It's back. Sam just happens to be put on the mopping shift with the one prisoner who yeah. knows, like, the entire story. Like, he just happens to be mopping the bathrooms with the guy who mopped up this dead serial killer's blood. Like, yeah, I know. I thought, like, of the whole prison, like, at least they didn't make them roommates. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it could have been, like, a little bit more plot conveniency. Speaking of their roommates, how the fuck they managed to find a man who was bigger than Jared Padalecki? You're going to wonder what the casting call was for that role. Right? Just like, we don't care as long as you're taller than this. <laughs> Are you 6'5 or taller? We have the role for you. It's a free role. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, I love the scene when they uh, when they first got into the, into the prison. And Sam's just like, Dean, I hate this plan. You know, actually, no, this is earlier. This is uh, when they're robbing the, the jewellery yeah. store is what I'm thinking. It sounds like, I hate this plan. And Dean's like, well, you know, suck it up. Which also, like, it was very obvious that they knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. I might have fallen for it for us. Because obviously they were trying to make it seem like they got sloppy and they got caught. Like, yeah. that's obviously the angle they were going for. But also, like, for me, just the fact that if they break into a place, like, it's for a purpose. Yeah. Like, they don't break into a place and then just sort of, like... Potter around. Potter around looking at the expensive things and then start to run after the cops have shown up. Like, exactly. if they break into a place, they're breaking into the place for a purpose. Like, yeah. they need to steal a specific thing, like in Providence when they stole the painting. Yeah, and I think the other thing, actually, was that when Henriksen, like, is interviewing Dean and he's making the point of being, like, you know, rookie mistake, I was kind of sitting there like, bro, you've been straight up in-depth researching these guys for weeks now. Are yeah, you not it surprised? Is, it is sloppy. Yeah. 
Don't you think that's suspicious? They managed to escape a bank robbery when the building was fucking surrounded. Uh, with SWAT. And, you know, they managed to escape when they were being held on murder charges back in The Usual Suspects. And again in Skin. Like, bro. Bro. <laughs> Do not underestimate these people. Think to yourself, why would these people get caught? Like, what would make them get sloppy? Yeah, exactly. But I do love the reoccurrence of Henriksen. I I know that we mentioned this, like, earlier, but I very much enjoy the continuity of... The real-life consequences of them having a crime spread. Yeah. Essentially. Exactly. And I also appreciate that, like... Every time they commit another crime, it stacks up against them because, yeah. like, they've got a running list going of all of these crimes that these guys are guilty of. And it's just going to keep getting longer and longer and longer the longer this carries on. And so I, I think it's a very fun sort of subplot. Mm. Speaking of Sam and Dean and their sort of, like, banter in this episode, there were a couple of moments throughout where <laughs> they do the, like, I was like, are you sure? I was like, I'm pretty sure. I was like, I'm going to need a little bit more than pretty sure. Big sibling energy. Well, I'm really pretty sure. And I love that, like, it's sort of both of them had a moment yeah. to use that. And then later when uh, they are sort of doing their escape plan and they're there with Deacon, the sibling energy of that conversation of, like, Dean, like, reading the thing and being like, huh, she came through and Sam being like, oh, great, well, what are we going to fucking do with it now? And, like, the... Just the the energy of that conversation, I just thought it was really fun. What gets me, though, is Mm. they got this information about this ghost. Yeah. Why didn't they just give that to Deacon and let Deacon burn the bones? Why would they risk going back to a place that they would be known to... Because they just asked for that information, like... I guess, well, because Dean was under the impression that she wasn't allowed to divulge it because of client confidentiality. Yeah. It's not till Sam is like, no, that doesn't apply in this situation that he yeah. knew that. And then I guess... Because you escaped it. No, it's null and void. Yeah, and I guess if Sam and Dean went and burned the body, they're only adding to the list of existing crimes, where if mm. Deacon went and did it, it would be like him getting a criminal charge, I guess, which could be... Though considering the implied uh, history of beating inmates is maybe yeah. not... Look, I'm just, like, I'm trying to think from, like, their perspectives why they would have made that choice. I guess also because for the escape plan to work, Deacon needed to be, like... Considered innocent. Yeah, and so, like, he needed to have an alibi of, well, I was unconscious because they, like, snuck up on me or whatever. I guess that was supposed to give them enough time to, like... Like, the investigation was supposed to give them enough time to get there and do the thing, which, to their credit, they did. They would have only just gotten caught yeah even if the cops had been sent to the right mm-hmm. cemetery yeah no i think i think that was the reason why i think just because it wouldn't have made sense for deacon to go like he would have had to go at a later date which would have put people at risk if they the longer they waited you know what i mean parallels return in this episode though do they yeah did you not notice i mean it depends what you're about to say the parallel that they try to draw between tiny and dean bad father Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Jesus, you're meant to be the expert here, Bethany. (laughs) Do your job. Do your... I'd already... Look at the parallels. Jesus. I'd already crossed out my notes about Tiny, so I didn't... (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, look at my notes going, what fucking parallels? Yes. No, and I think 
that comes back to that episode that episode that comes back to what i was saying earlier about like if when you're emotionally vulnerable that's when you're gonna get more out of people and when you're gonna make those connections and yeah i think you're like right i thought it was really interesting that tiny's brother shot their dad yeah because that is like 50 percent of the reason i wanted to talk about that (laughs) yeah going back to salvation and the end of season one especially and sam should have shot his dad all of this shit would be not maybe over but like (laughs) Very different position right now if Sam had just shot John then. Actually, I was surprised because in the episode they mentioned that the reason they owe Deacon is because he saved John's life at some point. And I I was surprised that you didn't bring up the fact that they probably would have been better off if he didn't. I mean, yeah, but I figured that was implied. (laughs) Also, while we're talking about Deacon and John, I wrote down in all caps because it pissed me off so bad. He tells them that your daddy raised you right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Another check mark for Deacon being a bad person. Oh man, I. (sighs) Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I don't think we actually need to discuss it because I think we've discussed this topic to death. Look, like. We wouldn't have to discuss it to death if John had fucking died earlier. If John had been a competent parent. But yeah, I just, the fact It's that like, what's that, um, what's that mean? That's like, supernatural. Supernatural if John had been a competent yeah. parent. <laughs> like, literally. Like, the story would be a third of the length if John had just known how to speak to his fucking children. It's, it's literally one of those things where it kind of comes back to that idea that we've chatted about a couple of times. Like I said, we've done this to death, but... John makes more problems than he solves. He makes more problems than he solves, but also it's that fucking metronome thing of John was a good man trying his best and John was a, an abusive parent. And on this, like, it's come to this end of the spectrum where they're like, well, we're going to talk about how John actually did a great job and raised you right because look how you turned out. Hmm. And, like, it's like, yeah, they turned out fucking traumatised. You know, like... <laughs> look, just because they're good people doesn't mean that John did a good job. Okay, moving on, because... If we start in on Dean at the hour mark into our recording session... This is going to be a three-hour episode. This is going to be a three-hour episode, and I have to go to work today, so that is not an option. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's okay. Um, There'll be plenty more opportunities for us to talk about Dean and his daddy issues coming up real soon. Yeah. Just you wait. In today's edition of Jamie Hates the Sound Design on Supernatural... <laughs> God, I feel like season one was all about the lighting. Season two's really been about the sound design. I don't know who did it, but I want to talk to them. (laughs) You've got some questions. Because some of it is fine. Some of it, it's perfectly accepted. Like, I'm, one way or the other, like, I'm, I'm okay. Neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. It does exactly what it's meant to do. It's decent. Yeah. And then there are moments, like in this episode, the fight scene, and the sound effects are a choice and a half. Do you know what's really funny is every single time you've brought up sound effects and particularly fight scenes, I have been so distracted by the fact that I really quite enjoy and am am impressed by the choreography. I quite enjoy the choreography. I'm not gonna lie, but the choreography. I'm gonna derail a little bit. The Mm -hmm. choreography, particularly the fight scene before Dean gets put in solitary. Yes, with the the man who dies in solitary that he tries to get rid of and ultimately fails. Yes, I really, really, really love that choreography. I feel like it really. It's a really good. It's a good piece of choreography to look at from a character analysis standpoint because yeah. it demonstrates really effectively the fighting Dean style and his fighting style and the way he approaches it 
and just how skilled he is. Because while you've got sort of the other character who's like, he's just brawling, he's trying to throw a punch and hoping something sticks. Dean is quite calculated in the way he fights. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because it's also not like, it's not like a martial art, like it's no. street fighting. Yeah. But it's so... It's like UFC style of fighting. Yeah, which is... Actually, it's hilarious that you say that because that's going to become super relevant in like 10 seasons. <laughs> Just you wait. Just you wait. What's that meme that's like random Tumblr user prophetic ability? Like... <laughs> They're like with the dodgeball and it's like, like Apollo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gift of prophecy. Yeah. But that's what I feel like every time you're like, oh, that's going to be relevant in 10 fucking seasons. Yeah. And I'm like... We'll, we'll get to Gunnar Lawson, don't you worry. But yes, no, I think it, I think it's really it's really interesting because I think it really showcases the actual like fighting techniques. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it shows like he was taught he would have been taught by yeah. John and also obviously by circumstance and you know yeah. situation. But I think it sort of it highlights that it's like it's dirty fighting. Mm. But in saying that, he does seem to prioritize just like essentially disarming like he makes yeah. a show of like like being like okay you're on the ground now you're done okay i've got you against the wall now you're done he's not going to necessarily he's not fighting to kill he's fighting no. to incapacitate yeah but not in a like I, i'm going to like break your leg way in a i'm gonna accept that i've out. won this yeah. way yeah again we could talk about this forever but i just want to i just thought it was cool and i'm always so much more distracted by the choreography and like looking at the visuals of a scene that I don't even notice the fucking sound. And then you come in and you're like, the sound design was terrible. And I'm like, I'm just, I have to agree with you because I, I don't wasn't know paying attention. Look, I actually, <laughs> so I can't argue. I am so used to you being like, oh, I didn't even notice the sound design <laughs> that I noted down the timestamp of the bad sound design so that I can give it to you and you can rewatch it if you would like to see the bad sound the design. dedication. Wait, have you got it written down? Yeah, 22 minutes in. That's so funny. To the episode. That's hilarious. Okay. Bad, it's that fight scene and it's got the bad sound. I don't know if it's the fight scene between Tiny and Dean or the um the first. Before Solitary. Yeah. That's, or 22 minutes in might be with Tiny. Might be. But I just remember both fights are essentially the same. But it, it might have actually been the one with Tiny because it was the second time that the sound design yeah. was really bad and I noted it down. Yeah. Or it might have been let, Look, I'll just go 20 minutes into the episode <laughs> and I will be able to tell you exactly what it is. For context, I just showed Bethany the clip of the fight scene <laughs> and I am very vindicated because she agrees the sound design is bad. Okay, if if I'm looking for it, yes, I like if I'm paying enough attention to the specifically the sound design, I can understand why Jamie doesn't like it. It as a whole, it just doesn't bother me that much. Maybe I'm just not that I find it distracting. Gifted in terms of like auditory auditory? I can't maybe I'm proving my point. <laughs> maybe I'm just not that good at picking up on like sound cues. It just Ooh. <laughs> Grind your gears. Grinds my gears. Hurts my soul. Also, I find it really annoying, right, that we're here and we're both meant to watch these episodes and observe things about the episodes and you don't seem to do your job. You don't even notice the fucking sound design. All right, miss, I lost my notes for the episode. Who's who's not doing their job properly, Jamie? I took the notes, I swear to God. You my, just didn't save them. No, I reckon I must have hit the wrong button on my phone and it didn't save. 
Um, I think that's kind of everything that I wanted to talk about this episode. The only other thing I have really left to talk about is that I appreciated uh, Sam's point that this was the dumbest thing they've ever done in a quote-unquote long-storied career of dumb and crazy. I mean, that's sort of just like the tagline for the show, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just thought it was so funny and I thought I thought it was worth mentioning because we talk a lot about how they make a lot of dumb and crazy decisions. While we're talking about that, though. Yeah. Do we ever get any information about how many times they've been arrested up to this point? Because, like, Dean is surprisingly nonchalant about his mugshots. Um, I think the only time there's an episode including a flashback where Dean has previously been arrested. Although I don't know if it's technically if he was arrested or if he was just held in custody. Because also I'm pretty sure in Skin... After Doppler Dean is dead. Yeah. When, like, the news show, the coverage of, like, it was Dean Winchester who did this. Yeah. They use a mugshot of Dean. Yeah. Which implies that. But oh. also it doesn't look like a mugshot from when he was, like, like, it looks like it was fairly recent. Like, he's. Did they use a mugshot or did they just have a sketch? I might be misremembering that. Yeah, we did I think in the, watch that a while ago. I think in the episode, are you talking about when they see it on the TV? Yeah. I think that is a sketch. Because uh, um, Dean that. makes the point about, like, it's not even, like, good or something. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. We could go back and check, but I'm not that dedicated. No. Um, <laughs> it's not that But you're meant to, to be that dedicated. I mean, this is not that. It's not going to make it's or break the... Yeah, it's not going to make or break the plot. But, yes, no, I think that... There are definitely instances where they have been in trouble with the law prior to the start of where, like, the actual show starts. Mm. But this, at this point, is certainly the most trouble they've ever been in. Yeah. Like, they've had, like, like B&Es before. Mm. They they mention... They have all the grave robbing stuff. Which, how do you get... Like, I understand how you get called grave robbing, but, like, also... How do they get caught grave... Like, because clearly they've been caught grave robbing because it's, like, they part mention of... They mention it, yeah. They mention it. It's grave part of all of this. But also, like... We've never seen them get caught. We've never yeah. seen them get caught <laughs> grave robbing. But also, like, if they were actually caught grave robbing, did they get arrested for grave robbing? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Or did they just, like... Because also, like, cemeteries are typically dark. They typically grave rob at night. Like... They're not generally well guarded. They're not generally well guarded. They're not There's not big well fences lit. or whatever, yeah. How do, like, if they've never been caught grave robbing before, how do they know it was them grave robbing? Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just, I guess in a lot of the, like, cases where, you know, people would have been like, oh, someone died and they were involved somehow, there would have been grave desecration in the, like, general area. So maybe they were like, well, it must be these, (laughs) these guys. Everywhere they go, people die and there's grave desecration. So maybe they just assume... Because, I mean, it would but make sense. But then it's weird to put it on the rap sheet if they've got no they actual evidence yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. Because they don't know. say, like, oh, you're suspected of... Unless maybe they found some kind of, like, I guess it would be pretty circumstantial evidence, but, like, say they found... You know how, for some fucking reason, whenever they're setting the people on, like, the people, the graves on fire, yeah. they, like, burn an entire matchbook. Yeah. I wonder if, like, they found, like, the hotel name on, like, mm. the cover of the matchbook in the general but area. But also, the matchbook would just burn, because, like, the bones go up. Like, the bones go up. Oh, like, but I'm thinking, like, the case yeah. around it. Because you know how if you've got, like, matches, they're, like... Yeah, but don't they be... normally, like, they light the match, they, they toss, toss the it matches. in, and then they toss the matchbook in with the... Oh, I guess 
so, yeah. Like, they don't just, yeah. like, pull the matches out of the matches <laughs> and, then, like, toss the matches. Like, they typically just, like, toss yeah. the entire... I'm and just, that, I'm for just... me, the reason I think they would burn the matchbook is if they are a hotel matchbook, that is something that they yeah. can use, like... If some if they were to leave it in a hotel room or something, it's something they could use to like Yeah, which is my point. Trace which, back. Like I was trying to think of something that they could have left at a scene that would tie them to But also I would assume that it would actually have burnt and you wouldn't be able to idea yeah, but, what sort of matchbook it was. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was trying to come up with some sort of example. So the I issue is you couldn't come up with an actual example, so you went with matchbook. Well, it was an example of something that could be tied to a location they'd stayed in. Maybe and they like, threw it slightly to the left. Yeah, and then <laughs> it got, or like a gust of wind carried it, or maybe, you know, they had, something fell out of a pocket, you know, like that kind of thing. That's the only thing that oh, like I can Dean's think. Dean's wallet? Dean's fucking wallet, yeah. That's the only thing I could think that could tie it, because, yeah, you're right, we don't ever see them be caught, I don't mm. think. It's also just like a weird crime to be caught at. It's a very specific and, crime. And for it to be caught... But not to be like caught, you know, like to be known to have done it without actually getting caught. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think um, that we certainly get told about. I don't think we ever witness them being brought in for anything outside of the series as we know it. But we definitely get references to it in like dialogue and flashbacks of like the consequences of it. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how best to explain it other without spoiling it for you, but like we definitely know that Dean had B&Es mm. prior to the series yeah. starting. We definitely know that he uh, had like petty theft. Yeah. That kind of thing. And like, see, like B&Es and petty theft make sense to me because like sometimes there's security footage. So like, yeah. Whereas the grave desecration is specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no idea how they, how they landed those, but to answer your question, Yes, they have. They would have charges from before the series. Yeah. We do sort of get keyed into it, but nothing like. There's only like one instance where it's explored in depth. Okay, I think it's time for my PSA this episode. Before we wrap it up, are you ready for my PSA, Beth? I'm always ready for your PSA. What do you think my PSA is this week? I'm never ready for you to ask me that question <laughs> in relation to your PSA. Um, I mean, look, we've already talked a lot about the prison system, mm-hmm. um, and. I would assume that your PSA would somehow be in relation to that. You sound like me guessing that this episode is based on a prison-based <laughs> Well, you know. It's like, what was in this episode? Mm, it's the certainly, prison system. It's certainly the most topical thing. So my guess would it be your PSA is somehow relevant to the corruption within the criminal justice system and prison system in general. You're not wrong. My yeah. PSA this week is the judicial system is not always just it disproportionately affects minorities, people of colour, and people who are in lower socioeconomic classes. So just don't assume about people just because they have a criminal conviction. If they were caught literally murdering someone, that's a bit different. Look, we're not talking about Ted Bundy here. No. You know, this is not the level of crime we're we're discussing when we're talking about I'm talking (laughs) about petty theft. I'm not talking about life and death crimes here. I'm talking about just straight up the fact that People are sent to prison for insane sentences for things that ultimately aren't that important. Um, anywho, not not to end the episode on a on a, a low. Not the um ending you wanted for this week. Well, not not the ending I wanted. Just not. The- okay, then let's give it a different ending. Let's briefly talk about the fact that Dean decides to do blue steel for his fucking mugshot. Oh, okay, that's iconic. That's like. A fandom 
like yeah. moment. <laughs> Those gifts get used a lot. <laughs> I can believe it. So I think that just about does it for today's episode. So, Jamie, as always, how would you rate this episode, False and Prison Blues, out of five? I'm giving it a three out of five. Oh, yeah. I liked a lot of the moments within the episode, and there were some things that I think the episode did really well, Mm -hmm. but also, like, just the whole prison setting and, like, the, like, prison guard apologism sort of thing just, like, kind of weirded me out, and I just can't give it... It's a bit like Tall Tales, like... It had a lot of, like, moments that it was like, oh, like, that's some really nice, like, character moments, that's some really nice, like... And the concept itself is is so good. Very good. But, like, yeah, there were just too many moments in there where I'm like, oh, like, this is sort of, like, glorifying the prison system just, like, a little bit, and that made me really uncomfortable, so, like, "Eh." Yeah. No, I get that. And I think this is another thing where, again... Uh, Lens of 2005, which we've talked about a lot, although this at this point would be 2006 or 7, but yeah. I think same sort of thing applies. Just because it was viewed slightly better back in 2005 or 2006 or 2007 doesn't mean it's any better objectively. No, 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 no. That wasn't my point at all. <laughs> yeah. I My point was more like knowing... I can understand how, how the made. conversation has changed yeah. since then, I think is more my point. Like, at the moment, I think there is a lot more awareness about the prison system not probably as much as there should be but it's definitely more talked about than it was yeah. to my knowledge at least yeah and also just sort of though to be fair I was also like 10 <laughs> yeah but I think it's one of those things where like if I don't know if I tried to talk to my parents about it they would be like I don't know it's just this prison people do bad things they go yeah. to prison whereas like now I think the conversation in at least the younger generations is very different in a lot of ways not across the board obviously but Okay, no, I think that's fair. Like, a three is, like, pretty middle of the road. Yeah. Like, it was a... It wasn't a bad episode. It's no. just the... And I think it did do the concept justice in some aspects. Humanising Tiny is one of those aspects that I really think was a really good choice on behalf of the writers. Randall as well. And Randall as well. But also just, like, the way it was like, oh, well, this guy who's clearly been abusive towards prisoners before yeah. is a really good guy. Like, that just kind of, like... Yeah, it's it's made my skin crawl and I very similar to John, where it's like, oh, he was such a hero, but it's like, okay, but he was also a child abuser, um, so you know. (laughs) Yeah. For next episode, it is I'm just gonna preface this, one of my favourite episodes. I really love this one. Um, so I really hope you like it too, and I really hope it lives up to the nostalgia I have in my head, unlike Tall Tales. Tall Tales. Although I, I love this episode for very different reasons, so I, I have high hopes uh, that it holds up. It's called What Is and What Should Never Be. I want to know your thoughts, feelings, predictions, hopes, fears, dreams, all those good things. It seems like the sort of title you'd use if you're going to send like your characters to an alternate universe. Where everything's like the same, but kind of different. So like maybe they're dealing with like some sort of interdimensionality. That would be fun. You know, like, trickster or something that can send people to other universes. Oh, like, like with the alien thing, where he, like, got the guy to, like, yeah. think he was seeing that. Oh, okay. Maybe not a trickster again, because it seems weird to have two... But, well, trick- you said the same thing about vampires, though, yeah. so... <laughs> I did say the same thing about... But, I mean, maybe tricksters are extinct, like vampires, but... <laughs> tricksters seem way more powerful than vampires, so it, it seems unlikely that 
they're going to run into a different trickster, but it even seems yeah. more unlikely to run into the same trickster, considering the note that they left that episode on. Yeah. Some kind of alternate... Some sort of alternate universe where, like, they show what could have been if John was a good parent. You that know? could be fun. Be a very different take. Take, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Or maybe, like, what would have been if, like, Sam was never born or something. Mm. Yeah, well, that's because if Sam too. wasn't born, then Mary wouldn't have died, and then John would have maybe been a half decent parent, <laughs> like you know, like yeah, but the then butterfly effect sort of thing. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. Well, I'm keen to see what you think next week. Yeah. Okay, so that just about does it for today. If you wanted to interact with either Jamie or myself beyond just listening to us ramble incoherently for an hour every week, you can always hit us up on our social medias. You can find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I think it'd be super fun if you went back to the 22-minute mark of this episode, watch the fight scene, take note of the choreography, take note of the sound design, argue with Jamie about it on Twitter. <laughs> I want to be vindicated here. <laughs> at the moment, I keep on going about the, the sound design here was shit, yeah, and she goes, nah, I didn't notice it. And it drives me insane. I want some friends in my misery about the supernatural sound design. Jamie's got a very niche corner of the fandom. (laughs) So yeah, so if the sound design pisses you off too, hit her up on Twitter. And if you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her on Tumblr at Podcast. And I don't know, let's play some two truths and a lie. Do it. She is really bad at picking lies, so you will automatically win. It should be a great pastime. Just lie to Bethany. Straight, just lie to her. Send her an ask. Be like, you know, my eyes, one of my eyes is purple, the other is green. <laughs> what? Do you remember that post? No. Oh. Oh, no. I misremembered the post. If you've got purple eyes and you don't get your period and you... Uh, did you ever see that post circulating in like 2012 Tumblr that was like I this is cool Tumblr in 2012 I didn't start till 2014 because I started as a supernatural blog look how far I've come Still a <laughs> now I'm an audio supernatural blog <laughs> that has its own blog dedicated to it oh well what's a meme that you would know though you know hit Beth up on Tumblr tell her about your three weed smoking girlfriends <laughs> she won't be able to tell if you're real or not Oh, no. On that note, I think uh, that is it for today. So thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we have you back again next week. And just like a true Tumblr story, everyone clapped. (laughs) Bye. Bye.